Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. So good afternoon, everyone, again. this My name is Jason Franklin. I'm the executive director of Boulder Giving. And thrilled to have you all here to join us for our May Bold Conversation, Exploring the Power of Small Gifts. We have two of my favorite bold givers, although I'm not supposed to pick favorites, uh, Ruth Ann Harnish and Lavani <coughs> Lipton. So we have um, dozens of people joining us for this call from all over the country and around the world. Um, I know we've got people from, at least one from Europe already online. Um, and we are experiencing a little bit of lag, at least with Levani's uh, internet connection. Levani is joining us from Hawaii. So if you're noticing a lag, just bear with us. Uh, it takes a moment to transmit data that far and under the Jason, ocean. I think she just got your joke about favorite members. <laughs> so if it appears that her laughter follows your joke by a period of time, and that's why. <laughs> Very fair. Um, for those of you who haven't joined us for a bold conversation before, just a quick moment about the format. We will uh, start first you're with cutting, um, you're cutting in and out. reflections. Okay. We will start first with a <laughs> opening reflection from Lavani and from Ruthann. I'll have a couple of questions to follow up for them. And then it's really opening the floor to all of you. So you can type your questions in the Q&A box just down below here. and. We will be seeing all of your questions come in. Type them as you go, anything that comes up, and then I'll be picking among the questions that come in and fielding them to Ruthann and Lavani for the rest of the hour. Um, and I'm seeing, good, the Q&A looks like it's working. Already getting questions um, coming in. So we'll start off with Ruthann. So Ruthann, as we were just talking, you actually are connected to Boulder Giving before I was. You were one of you know, Boulder Giving and More Than Money's first members and friends. And maybe tell a little bit about how you got connected in your giving journey from then to now. Well, actually, I was one of Boulder Giving's first friends, but I was not one of More Than Money's first friends. I was maybe one of its biggest friends. <laughs> The founders and the founding board of More Than Money are the ones who created what appealed to me as a dialogue among people who wanted to put their money where their values are. And when that organization transitioned, the founders of More Than Money created Boulder Giving. And since I continue to believe that deep conversations about profound human values and how we use what we have in terms of our resources, 
our time, our money. These are the these are the conversations worth having and continuing. So that's why I was a first friend of Boulder Giving. But at more than money, I started to get my real education as a philanthropist. Tracy Gary, a donor activist, told me, you give too many little gifts. You need to start putting your capacity together. See about the biggest impact you can make because so few people have the ability to make a profound difference with one single big gift. She said, you have that capacity. And I gave my first million dollar gift to more than money. It was transformational in many ways, but for no one more than me. Nothing had a bigger impact on my financial education and my donor education than giving that million dollar gift. And I wanted to find other people who could talk to me about such an experience. And I got this brilliant idea. Those of us who had the thrill of giving a million dollars were trillionaires. And I wanted to find other trillionaires. The trouble was, everybody in my life gave at a much, I'm going to say more reasonable level, <laughs> more realistic level, the level I had always given at until I went bold and big. And trillionaires didn't resonate with people who gave a million dollars. And I changed my vision to... The thrill of giving any gift, whether it's your time, whether it's a kidney, whether it's a smile on the street, or a check, whatever you can afford, a gift card. And I began to really love the beauty of the small. So now I follow Tracy's advice and give big when I can, but I also have a side specialty in the beautiful small. Wonderful. Um, and Lavani, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey? Um, how did you get connected to Boulder Giving and what does your giving look like? Sure. Um, Aloha, everyone from Hawaii. It's 6.06 in the morning here. <laughs> um, I was trying to remember how I was introduced to Boulder Giving, and I think it happened with you, Jason. We were both co-chairing a family philanthropy conference. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, so... I met Jason, who then said, you must meet this woman, Anne Ellinger. And so I met Anne at a small coffee shop in Cambridge when I was still living in Boston. And uh, we started talking about Boulder Giving. And, you know, what I didn't realize was that the philanthropy that myself and my mom had been doing 
was actually bold giving. And uh, I kind of fell into this role. I had worked with international nonprofits, international development projects, and my professional background was in public health. And I had always felt this kind of burning desire to help people who were living in really impoverished communities and do it in a way that was empowering. And so a lot of our grants are very grassroots oriented. We work with community-based organizations and local NGOs. And um, we support projects for women to enable them to have a set of skills and to develop a marketable project or a marketable product. And um, we provide sponsorship for children in Africa. We provide tutoring for children in India. So what we learned is that you can be bold in many ways and you can give in many ways. And uh, so my mom and I are we're very proactive in our giving, and at the moment now we're focusing on being bold and building the capacity of the organizations that we support. So that's a little bit about our journey. Great. Thank you. Uh, um, and Ruthann, just in a similar way as Vivani was sharing about some of the giving you're doing, I'd love to hear a little bit more about and for you to share with others how both Trillionaires has involved and you've started this new project of working with the Awesome Foundation, which I just love. Well, here's a business tip. Don't try to start anything for which there's not a natural constituency and a demand for your services. I should have learned that many times before I tried this, but that was my, I, I should have said my final lesson in that, but it wasn't. I'm I'm always trying to start something new, but that one is shut down. The Awesome Foundation started without us. We are one of many chapters of the Awesome Foundation. We are awesome without borders. And the Awesome Without Borders chapter gives $1,000, no strings attached, to projects we think are pretty awesome. And those of you who are following along on your computers at home can go to awesomewithoutborders.org and see some of our many grants. I, I am in love with so many of these little awesome projects where $1,000 makes a profound difference in their ability to do something that enlivens their community, saves a life, or brings art and beauty to a whole lot of people. And one of the things that we like about small funding and the Awesome Foundation, all these chapters bring people together to give small gifts. The average chapter has trustees that give $100 a month towards something awesome, and it really empowers them. I would say that another thing that we love about this is the delight that it brings to the grantees. Those who have ever been through the grant process 
big long applications, wait forever. This is such a simple application. Tell us who you are. Tell us what awesome thing you're doing. Tell us what you would do with $1,000 if you got it. And it could be yours. So we do invite people to apply. I'd also like to say some of my most satisfying gifts have been small personal gifts, such as, oh, and what constitutes small? When I say small now, it's in comparison to my capacity. There was a time in my life when what I am now calling small would have paid my expenses for an entire month. So I want to be sensitive to the use of the word small. But $500 purchased a rug for a kindergarten in which I received letters from every child with a drawing of the rug. And one of them said, it was such an enchanting thing. Thanks for the rug. Now me and Tony can play boat. The thought <laughs> of lighting a child's imagination. Donorschoose.org. I didn't get that rug through Donors Choose, but that's where a small giver can also find an opportunity to give small and get a big reward. I'd also say that that's a place that gives you a heads up and a head start on the hard to track your impact of a small gift. When you have a small gift through DonorsChoose.org, you'll find out what happened to your gift and you, like I got, We'll get letters from the kids. It's just terrific. Yeah. I have done the same thing before with Donors Choose, and it is a the response factor that gets built in is just an amazing part of but the small gifts. I think there's that power, too, of many times when you're making smaller gifts, it's directly to a person or a very small group. You're not a funder to an institution and making a, you know, investing in their strategic plan, there's a much more personal connection that has an amazing power to it. Um, I'd be curious as to what Leilani calls an, an, um, a small gift. What Leilani's definition of small gift is what? Yeah, so Leilani, if you want to maybe tell us a little bit about what do you call a small gift and a favorite gift that has made you light up? Oh my goodness. You know, it's really, first of all, I love the idea of a thrillionaire. I think that's fabulous. I have to add it to my vocabulary. Um, but you know, small is relative. Um, our grants range from 500 to $5,000. And, you know, when you talk about personal impact on, on the lives of the people that you're helping, there's just, you can't put a price on that. And, um, you know, I have so many stories, um, you know, I have so many stories. I'm sitting here trying to figure out which one to share. I think one of the highlights most lately has been a little Kenyan girl who we have been 
uh, providing secondary education for for the last six, seven years, who recently told me that she got into university and she's decided to do a bachelor's in social work. She comes from a pastoral community. Um, she probably would have been tending to her family's goats, but she was very, you know, she was very bright and she had just a light in her eyes. Um, and I knew that she wanted to go far if given the opportunity. And so we, we and so we, we feel like education is just such a wonderful gift that we can facilitate. But to be more technical, um, you know, gosh, $500 can make a difference even in a grassroots organization. And even just the fact that you can place hope in the work or you give recognition to people doing good work, I think that means a lot as well. So I always like to dispel the myth that you have to have money to make a difference. There's so many ways that you can make a difference. You can volunteer your time, time, you can write letters of letters of support and encouragement, you can leverage your money, you can support a giving circle. Um, one of the other stories which I, I always mention when I go and speak in schools is I share the story of a group of women in India in a village. I think our grant for them, our seed for them, our seed capital grant, I think, was about $1,500. And their main source of income was taking reeds of grass from the forests, which is kind of surrounded their community, and they would dry out the grass and then they would make these brooms. Well, they had been borrowing money from the money lenders who charged a very high interest. And we discovered, discovered with the NGO that if you could kind of cut out the money lender, you could really remove the debt that these women owed. Women owed. And uh, so we provided a, a grant that helped to uh, manufacture the broom. It provided a broom handle, which they, they were buying uh, at, uh, at a significant cost. So we provided that. And then, then um, we, we provided the skills training. And they've now been able to increase their income, I think, like four times from what it was previously, and they don't have the anxiety of dealing with a money lender. So things like that, for me, are just so personally rewarding. And um, really, it's, uh, it's, it's just being able to be bold and do something and not sit there and think of all the ways or the obstacles that are going to get in your way. I think the first step is just taking the initiative and, and and meeting people like Ruthann and myself and having conversation and dialogue in your local communities about what the issues are that affect you and just going, taking it on, taking it on and just knowing that your life will be more purposeful because you are becoming a part of the solution. So I would say any type of amount can be wonderful and have an impact on people's lives. So 
you could start by looking for a chapter of the awesome foundation wherever you are because there are 94 of them worldwide and our chapter awesomewithoutborders.org oh jason had asked what is the range what is I've definitely seen, um, I remember seeing an article in one of our small local newspapers, and it had, uh, uh, it was this newspaper called Midweek, and it was an article that profiled the Awesome Foundation group here, and I remember thinking to myself, how awesome that there is this Awesome Foundation. So I think that's fabulous, and actually I have wanted to look them up. Um, Jason, you had asked again, what was the range that we give? We give anywhere from $500 to $5,000. And I did want to mention that recently through our Ananda Fund Hawaii uh, fund, we had a small video competition, which was really um, a micro donation. And we asked non local nonprofits to compete by submitting in videos with their mission statements and the work they do. And the top prizes were $2,500. And so for some of these real grassroots groups, it was amazing to see um, interactively and in real time how people voted for the work of the nonprofit in their community because the votes were done through Facebook. And so it was really, really cool. Um, and for many of them, they said that it would make a huge difference in the work that they did and in their budget for this year. So we were very happy about that. And Ruthann, you were going to mention a little bit too about the other chapters and your chapters. So there, there are so many, and I'm glad that Lahani has found one to join. But I was also going to mention there are so many ways for people to get into crowdfunding or microfunding. I've helped hundreds of Kickstarter, Indiegogo, GoFundMe, Pave, Crowdfund. There are so many places for you to get involved with projects that you like, whether or not they're nonprofits. Sometimes investing in a person and a dream is every bit as satisfying as the tax deductibility of a gift that you might give elsewhere. So I would encourage people who would like to give small with big impact to look for all the opportunities that are out there and pick the ones that speak to your heart the most. And if you're looking for awesome, you need look no further than the grant that we gave that took the awesome foundation over the million dollar mark. And this is an amazing grant from a woman who collects vintage paper dolls of black children and black adults and takes the dolls out to public parks to have picnics in the park and introduce people to this art form and to start dialogues about community 
and art and diversity. And I think this is just so typical of something that's the tiniest bit in the philanthropic bucket, but it makes this woman's summer extravaganza possible and she'll share with who knows how many thousands of people. That's great. Thank you, Ruthann. Um, and I can't make, as I was listening to both of you talk, it also reminds me about the other piece that I think is so critical for gifts of any size, but especially with our small gifts, is to think about the the power is not just the dollars, but the gesture of giving itself and the ripple effect that these gifts have. Um, I've been involved for the last decade with the North Star Fund, which funds small community organizing groups around New York City. And we have a history of being the first funder. That one of the things out of our seed grant program is to be the early funder when a group of people are coming together. It's often the, you know, the kitchen table organizers who are angry at something happening in their neighborhood. And the first grant comes from North Star, a couple thousand dollars. We've now increased those grants. Um, some of them are up to 10 or 15,000, which in New York City is still small. As Ruthann said, the scale is always important. But even as important as the dollars themselves, what I've heard over and over from groups all over the city is the vote of confidence that somebody supported your work and the networking that you can do. If you make a gift to an organization, go and tell other people about it. The ripple effect beyond your own money to being, to being able to say, I believe in this project so much that I gave a gift, and I think it's worth you checking out. Is well, that's part of what the Awesome Without Borders gift does for someone. They love to say, I've been officially declared awesome. And they, we supply them. Uh, our strategic advisor, Lindsay Taylor Wood, and her associate, Devin Fisher, have put together a package of social media assets so that when we give this $1,000 grant, it's not just a $1,000 grant. You're getting a professional package of things you can use to promote the fact that you got the grant, to tell others about it, to become a part of the awesome community so that awesomeness can spread worldwide. Um, so one of the things I wanted to add to the conversation, sorry. Jason, um, when you said that there was a power in the giving, there's also power in the sharing. And so one of the ways, one of the ways that I like to One of the ways that I like to to um, lend some power to the giving is to share about it and to inspire other people to find their ways of giving. You had asked about the challenges. The challenges for me are really around the need. There is so much need and there is so much to get excited about that at some point you have to decide, you know, what, what is... What is my limit or 
how much can I do without overtaxing myself? Uh, and I mean that in a way that is energy, your mental energy and your, your physical capacity. I think many of us are very generous. My mom is one of them. She has a huge heart and she wants to help everybody. Um, but I often have to uh, redirect and say, okay, let's be strategic in how we give. And let's see if we can maybe tie our giving together to a certain theme or to a certain community. Um, because I think sometimes you run the risk of being uh, very, very, very generous, and 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 sometimes that it can get hard because then you feel bad if you can't do enough, or um, you know you just it it weighs on you. At least it weighs on me. It's what I stay up thinking about at night is you know how much can we do, and what are our limitations, and so I, that's for me one of the biggest challenges. I never feel so bad about my limitations because I think to myself, I'm never going to be Melinda Gates. And Melinda Gates has limitations. <laughs> so there is a, so everyone has limitations. I'm not going to focus on the limits. I'm going to focus on the good I can do with what I have to the Gates Foundation. What I do is very small. Compared to the life I used to live, what I give is a miracle. That I have this capacity is a miracle. And it's my joy to share at whatever level I can. And I'll just remind everyone right now before I d dive in with a response, if you do have questions for Ruth Ann, for Lavani, or myself, please type them into the Q&A section down below and we'll be starting to take questions from the audience in just a minute. Um, but Ruthann, I do want to kind of follow up on that question around limitations. I love your framing, of course. I hear from people so often, oh, I'm not wealthy, Bill Gates is wealthy. You know, well, it's all relative. You're wealthier than the person with a dollar less and less wealthy than the person with a dollar more. And then the capacity to give is similar. But how do, I think one of the biggest things I've struggled with, I hear Lavani talking about as well, and from so many others, that we don't have enough to give to every single project that catches our eye. There's some discerning that you do to pick among them. How do you approach that? And is it different for big gifts versus small gifts? I'm going to return to the more than money heritage. And one of the best things that for me came out of the more than money experience was the introduction to professional coaching services that more than money began providing to its members. And I learned so much about it and loved it so much that I became a certified coach. And one of the things that a coach I got through more than money helped me to do, Renee Friedman said, this or this, like an eye test, this or this, this or this, until my endless list of things I wanted to give to or was interested in was narrowed down 
to the things that I would truly give my focus for. And I still perform those exercises from time to time. And we're performing them right now. How do we clarify our vision for who we are right now, not who we were even last year? Things change, times change, circumstances change, needs change, capacities change. So I revisit and refresh and re-up or uh, revisit. <laughs> and sometimes uh, we change everything. So stay tuned. Sorry, we had some noise in the background here in New York, so I'm trying to mute myself to not uh, drown out other microphones. That's the joy of New York City. So first question coming in, um, how do you allow for impulsiveness in your giving? You know, for responding in the moment versus the strategies you've developed. I'll let Levani go first. So this is this is a really interesting question. I mean, we're at Boulder Giving. There's a book called Outrageous Generosity, and so here's another one. You know, impulsive generosity. Um, wow, I've never been asked that question before. We've kind of often focused on traditional styles of how we do our philanthropy. We have a a grant application, but because of a lot of our grants have been international, we've had to do that. We've had to screen and make sure that our nonprofits are credible and do what they say they're going to do. Um, in the same token, if my mom and I are out in the field and we, we get asked by a family, oh, you know, it would really make our lives better if you could buy a goat. Sometimes we do that. It's, it's hard to... Uh, decipher. It's really, it's really um, one of those things sometimes that's in the moment, and uh, I think what you have to be cautious of is just making sure that you do have a balance. I think more of your philanthropy should be strategic, and you should always allow for that that little bit of you know flexibility where you say, here's a need. It might go outside of the boundaries of what I typically do, but I feel like it's going to make a difference and, uh, and just go with it and be comfortable with it. But that's a, a very interesting question. Thank you. I am reminded of someone who said to me once an outrageous concept that we don't ever really do anything for other people. Everything we do we're really doing for ourselves somehow. And in a way, for me, that means that I'm going to be true to my values and myself. And celebrating aliveness, the privilege of being alive and interacting with our fellow humans, 
I love to bring magic to life. Yes, I'm a business person. Yes, I'm an investor. Yes, I have a budget. Yes, I have a strategy. But I also have a line item in my budget for magic, for being what some people call the fairy godmother, or the angel who showed up at the right time with the right thing at the right moment. So without that, none of the rest of it would be any fun for me. And I don't want giving to just be my job. It's my joy. It's my joy. And so little gifts and spontaneous gifts bring me lots of joy. Well, and I do a similar thing. Um, I love that line item for magic. Um, I might steal that from you to use another time. Um, I call it, you know, I divvy up my giving. It's like 50% on the one or two issues and organizations I'm deeply engaged with. 30% for the kind of mid-level gifts and the range of groups. And then I keep 20% of all my giving is for the impulse fund, for the gift in the moment when I'm at an event and somebody has just inspired me, when a friend tells me the new project they're trying to get up off the ground. And I also have set up that any friend who asks if they're walking in the AIDS walk or running in the breast cancer run, set aside money to be able to say yes to my friends. And to do it without trying to, I know, scary to say that on a big, you know, group. Um, and they're, all, they're token gifts for me on that side, but it's to be able to say, I'm supporting my, my friend in doing something good <laughs> in the world. But that has been a really powerful thing for me to be able to build in in advance the flexibility to be generous in the moment. Uh, I think we sometimes beat ourselves up by everything has to be strategic. Everything has to advance the, the core cause, but generosity by itself and saying yes in the moment is an amazing thing to do. And I actually think it brings a lot into the world. If I could, I, I should have thought of this to have my prop because Lord knows my library has many copies of Tracy Gary's Inspired Giving. And while supplies last, if you know me and, and you want to drop me a line, I will be happy to send you a copy. But this is a book that no matter what size your gift, this helps you feel that your gift fits into your family money strategy, fits into your value system, and fits into your vision for what you hope the world will be. So I highly recommend for stretching the value of your gift of any size, but especially your beginning small ones, Tracy Gary's Inspired Philanthropy. I was jumping up because I thought I had the copy right here on my bookshelf, but I think I gave that copy out. But we will include a link to the book. You only have one copy in the office? I will be oh, sure and send you some. <laughs> no, we, we have a pile and we've given away to <laughs> um, it's an ongoing kind of expedition 
Well, Ruthann, so another question someone asked. Um, curious about, you mentioned the Awesome Foundation, and a message here from uh, mentioning Bread for the Journey, another great group that has been around for you know, decades that invites local communities to get together to give small grants. Um, so there are, and there are a lot, as you mentioned, Kickstarter and Indiegogo and the many crowdfunding platforms where people can put their own project up and ask for support. So if somebody wants to do more than just make a gift, if they want to join with others to do giving, they can do it through Awesome Foundation, they can do it through Bread for the Journey, they can do it through um, a local giving circle. Would you have tips for people if they want to organize it themselves? If they want to organize a group of friends or others? The awesome chapters have best practices because they have, as I mentioned, now up to 95 chapters, I believe, in 21 countries. So that there's a lot of experience in finding people that you enjoy working with and how to run your chapter. They, they've got the owner's manual set up for that. I have partnered with people in many circumstances, including giving circles. And I don't want to complicate something that's as simple as this. All of you agree something needs money, and you give it. And there are so many easy ways to do it. But as you mentioned and I mentioned, all the different online platforms and apps that are available to, I even see commercials for banks showing on your smartphone how you can agree on something and divvy up the cost and everybody hit a button right then. The world is making it ever so easy for you to do this if you will simply take the opportunity to do it and find out what works best for you and what speaks to your heart and what small is to you. Lavani, any tips from you? So, you know, I, I there's a couple of thoughts that are going around in my head right now. One is that I think I think one of the reasons why I give is to connect to humanity. For me, I respect people. There's a fundamental respect that I have. And fortunately, we have been in a position where we are able to make a contribution and we realize that it might be something small. But I also feel like we should not underestimate the power of the spoken word. And in saying that, what I mean is to talk about the issues that we care about and that we're passionate about. I'm very passionate about social justice. I'm very passionate about reducing disparities in the world. I'm very passionate about uh, giving women and children education where they don't have it. It's their right. And so often what I'll do is I'll just talk to people. I'll have a conversation. Sometimes it's with a stranger. 
Sometimes it's with a student. But I think that that also is a form of currency, and we should not underestimate its power. Um, the other thing that came to my mind in terms of how can people organize, I was recently at my high school, and I heard about a class of students who had a bake sale in which they raised several thousand dollars and donated it to water.org. So, I mean, there's so many ways that you can be engaged and get to get connected. And, of course, there's a lot of online tools, and I've, I've supported Indiegogo campaigns, and I think that's innovative and exciting. Um, but I, I really want to stress the importance of community and community building and elevating the dialogue so that it, it translates beyond the dollars to the actions that we take. I dream of a one-click world in which anyone can connect to anything and any community to get any need met just that fast. That's the world we're all working toward, I hope, so that no one need be in need. I, that would be, I would love that too. Wouldn't it be an amazing experience if we got to that point? Um, so one other piece I wanted to throw out here as a thought, when I get asked by people about small gifts, um, I actually think one of the other things as an experiment personally is to push yourself to change your giving from whatever pattern you're currently in, try something different. If your gifts have been $100 gifts, Try a $10 gift or a $1,000 gift, adding or taking away a zero. If you've only given locally, what does it feel like and what's the experience of giving international? Or if you focus internationally, what is it like to make a gift to somebody who lives on your block? But I think there's a lot we can also learn about ourselves and that giving is a chance to explore our relationships with the world and the issues we care about and the people we care about. So to also see your giving as a means of personal exploration. Uh, and if there's, when you allow yourself to kind of take on doing things with small gifts, there's a lot of new opportunities that pop up. Well, I can underscore what you're saying. Working with the trustees of Awesome Without Borders has given me a whole new insight on what's important to different people and what their specialties are. We have people who have worked in country in different continents, and so when requests come from that part of the world, they can say, that's exactly what's needed, or no, there are a thousand like that. We have uh, one of our trustees loves dads. Linda Ballou used to be a dance teacher, and now... Anything that's sparkly, artsy, and dancey, you can count on Linda's going to be lobbying for that to win an Awesome Without Borders grant. There are specialties for each trustee, and every time they go to bat for something I didn't know anything about, it enlarges my world and 
blesses everybody. And I often say, thank goodness there are people interested in all these other charities, because I certainly, that's where we hit the limitations thing and how I help myself is there's always going to be somebody whose cause that is. It doesn't have to be mine because I'm meeting people whose cause that is. I don't have to take care of them all. They have their natural constituencies. And I can, as Lavani said, give them my verbal support or my social media support or my moral support. Not necessarily my checkbook support. Um, I'm curious for both of you, you know, what do you see on your own horizons? I mean, you've both pushed in so many ways to change your own giving um, and have tried different things. Anything in the future you're imagining, things you want to try out or learn more about in your own giving? Um, we'll put this to Lavani first. So we we made a departure. Actually, we we already we tried that this year in 2014 by launching our online video competition, and it was pushing I think a lot of uh, grassroots groups outside of the box because we were bringing on technology, and the only way to really uh, apply for the money was to utilize technology. So even in that way. Uh, people had to learn how to upload the video and and figure out how to use Vimeo and uh, figure out how they would frame uh, their their mission and and the work that they did through moving pictures and so it was it was something that was very different for us and then another thing that we did where we stepped outside of the box was that we not only gave uh, funding to the winners that people had voted on across five categories, but we also gave uh, prizes to everyone that entered. And we had 29 entries. And so everyone who did not win the $2,500 uh, prize got $500. And I think doing something that was unexpected like that was really a, a nice little gift, and I think it was awesome. And the um, the nonprofits were excited by that. Another thing that we're looking forward to doing, my mom and I are really big supporters of site visits and seeing the work that is done in the communities. And so um, my mom and I have a goal to visit every single applicant, and some of those are on the outer islands, and I think I think by doing that, we also can lend encouragement, and it will lead to future gifts. There's no doubt in my mind that by seeing the work that's being done, it validates um, all of the effort that people are putting in into their communities. And it does make a difference when someone shows up and, and says, you know, thank you for the work that you do and acknowledges it. So that's what I'm looking forward to in the future. And and who knows? I mean, there's lots of brainstorming going on right now um, between my mom and I about how we can continue to build the capacity, at least of the international nonprofits that we work with. So we're looking to do more of that this year. 
Great, thank you. Ruthann, anything that you've been bubbling up recently? Well, the biggest thing I think is stepping back and letting next generation leadership have much more of a say in what we do and how we do it. The executive director, Jennifer Raymond, has been with me since the start of the Harnish Foundation, which is now maybe 16 years ago. <laughs> anyway, she knows all of our grantees' histories and the pattern that we have been on and is taking on us in deeper, newer directions. So I'm following her lead in some future grant making. I mentioned Lindsay Taylor Wood joining us as a strategic advisor, and Lindsay is spearheading our newest new thing, which is investing in media to make a fairer world for women and girls. After the film The Invisible War premiered at Sundance, I knew some of the women who had invested in it, and I was jealous. And with my husband, we invested enough that I am an executive producer of the follow-up to The Invisible War, which deals with the problem surfacing in headlines everywhere across the United States as over 50 campuses are under investigation for their failure to handle sexual assault on campuses appropriately. So, so we are working on the social media campaign for that. We are involved in trying to make media a message. We also invest in other films and other media, much smaller gifts and much smaller investments, but no less of a new focus for us to say, how can we really change the story that's being told about women and girls, their participation, their place, and their potential in this life? That's one new thing we're doing, and it's brand new. We've invested in the Sundance Women Filmmakers Initiative to get mentoring and coaching for select female filmmakers to magnify their voices. We have invested in uh, Gina Davis Institute, Gender and Media, and several other smaller investments that it's, an, it's a new focus for us, but it's going to be a major one. And it's great. I've actually just started um, joined personally a, a funding circle focused on social justice documentaries with Sundance as well. And, and to see some of the the films that are being created and the, the, the power that can come out from some of those stories is simply amazing. So I'll be excited to see some of your next pieces. And I have one more on the film to add, and it kind of is the circle around when I was, a, I was looking for those million-dollar donors, the people that I first thought of as my thrillionaire tribe, people who had the thrill of giving a million dollars to one thing. My guru, Tracy Gary, showed up again and said, hey, there's a group of women who have mm -hmm. given gifts at the million-dollar level to causes benefiting women and girls. It's called Women Moving Millions. And I said... Sign me up. And full circle, I am now co-chairing with Women Moving Millions CEO Jackie Zayner, the film circle. We are bringing together 
filmmakers and people like me who invest in film to see what's out there that we can support and not just with our dollars but as Levani said with word of mouth and social media and also looking at partnership with the Women Donors Network. So finding people that we have something in common with to invest our dollars, the smallest investment gets magnified that way. I think that's part of your purpose today, right? It absolutely is. Um, and, you know, brings us shockingly to the end of the hour. I'm always amazed by how quickly these conversations fly by. Um, before I invite Levani and Ruthann, you both to make some, leave us with any final thoughts you'd want to share, I just want to say to everyone who's joined us today, first, thank you for taking the lunch hour to join us for this conversation, and to offer that if we can be of help here at Boulder Giving as you're thinking about your own giving, please just reach out. My email is jason at bouldergiving.org, and it's Boulder is in to be bold, not Colorado, so no you in that email address. But please feel free to email. We're always happy to be available as a, a sounding board to help connect you to donor networks and peers who can be supports for yourself. Um, we are also launching a new kind of experiment called Jumpstart, which will be follow-on conversations to invite people to take three conversations over a couple of months together to explore a particular topic or issue or challenge. Our first one, which we'll be launching shortly, is for donors who are interested in funding in the environment and environmental justice. So if that's a topic you're interested in and you're trying to start up or shake up or scale up your giving, we still have seven seats left in that group. And there will be future uh, Jumpstart series throughout the fall and winter and onward. Um, but for now, I will just turn first to Levani and then Ruthann for any closing thoughts you'd give us on the power of small gifts. Jason, do you want me to go? <laughs> yes, please. Hi. So one of the things that I wanted to offer is that, you know, giving, I do tend to take a more philosophical approach, but oh, did you just see my mom? She was showing you a broom that was made by our ladies in India. <laughs> So, you need to have fun with your giving, too. Uh, but exactly. giving, for me, begins with uh, having a sense of compassion and uh, also a curiosity. You guys are still laughing. <laughs> so you need to have curiosity about your place in the world, and you need to have fun with your giving, and you need to be adaptive to different situations like this one where there's been such a long delay. Um, but, but I really want to encourage uh, for those of you who are involved in family philanthropy or you're curious about how to get the next generation involved, 
start early. Um, I really feel like I was raised with a certain culture and values that promoted giving of yourself. And I think that the earlier you start that, the better. There's a lot of innovative ideas out there, um, especially with the youth. And I think the opportunity for them to be a part of the giving process, whether it's sitting on a board or having a fund or saving their allowance and using it um, for the betterment of our society, I think all of that is empowering. And I really want to speak to just getting more and more um, people involved and also young people involved um, because I, I do feel that we can be transformative with our giving. And I just want to thank Jason for having having us come together, myself and Ruthann. It's been a really interesting and stimulating conversation for me. And also I wanted to add that um, please do check out the Giving Communities uh, web portal on Boulder Giving's website as a place to, to um, possibly give or, or find giving circles. Um, it's a great tool and a great resource that that Boulder Giving offers. So thank you so much, and I send you aloha. Thank you for participating, everyone. And thank you, Lavani. And in case that cut out for anybody, the resource Lavani mentioned is uh, givingcommunities.org. It's a new portal we launched um, late last year that can help connect you to the dozens of different donor networks, like Women Moving Millions and the Women Donors Network that Ruthann mentioned, but dozens of others, and it's all free and available online at givingcommunities.org. But Ruthann, any closing thoughts you would leave us with? I will add one more to the ones you just mentioned, relevant to your prior announcement, Rachel's Network yes. for women philanthropists who are specifically interested in the environment and health and how our bodies are impacted by what is taking place on the planet. They are a wonderful group with a, a lobbying component as well as a philanthropic component, rachelsnetwork.org. I highly commend them to you. Probably learned about them through the community that includes everyone we were talking about, the founders of the More Than Money organization and all the wonderful people who taught me there about philanthropy. All I knew about was the small gift. But I came to realize they're all small gifts. And they're all the biggest gifts. They're gifts. There's never a bad time to give it. Somebody's always thrilled to receive it. It's never too small. No matter what you might think, somebody's going to be so psyched to get that amount, no matter what it is. There's going to be a place that's going to speak to you very soon. Maybe you'll encounter something today where you'll say, that's it. That's the spontaneous gift they we're talking about. Or maybe you'll say, I'm going to make a budget for the small gift. Even though I usually give big, I'm going to give in the smallest increments. 
and take the greatest amount of joy. And here, you're going to find a community that will support you no matter what size your gift or to whom you're giving. Jason and Lavani, thanks for the opportunity. Well, thank you both, and thank you all of you who joined us. It's just been a great afternoon and great conversation, and I think I couldn't say it any better than you both have, that the thrill and the fulfillment of gifts, big and small, are all worth doing. Um, would love to hear from you all afterwards of anything you've been inspired by today, but for now, I will just wish you a wonderful afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care.